Hello, this is Dr. Lisa Belisle, and you are listening to Radio Maine, our inaugural show. And today it's my great pleasure to speak with Emma Wilson, who is the director of the Portland Art Gallery on Middle Street in Portland, Maine. Good to see you today, Emma. Good to see you as well. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. It's been an interesting year, hasn't it? It has. It has for all of us, right? Those in healthcare and, and beyond, right? That's absolutely true. For example, our studio space, which we've created so that we can move forward with Radio Main, has a chair sitting on the other side of the table from me, and you're not in it. You are, in <laughs> fact, joining us virtually, which is nice, and we're also happy to have you, but this kind of distancing from other people, it's been challenging, hasn't it? It has. It feels somewhat unnatural, although it's become much more natural now to be having these exchanges, you know, virtually. Um, but I look forward to the time when we can just be in the shared space together. It'll be, it'll be lovely. <laughs> Tell me what this has meant for the Portland Art Gallery. I know this has been a time where you and Kevin and Emma and Missy and all the artists and Emily, you've all had to really pull together and be resilient and be creative and, you know, stay open, even if not physically open, open uh, for the last year. What's that been like? Well, it's been, it's, I've learned so much over the last year, whether or not it's been um, just in terms of the, the value and the strength of the team that we have that I work with. Um, also with our artists and then also um, with our clients. It's been, there's been times when it's just been, in the beginning when we, we put out the call to our artists to say, please just keep working and, and keep painting and we want to support you and we want to support your livelihood. And then looking at each other and saying, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to stay open during this time? And the answer quickly became realizing that it was uh, through the virtual and through online. Um, connection and um, making that transition as quickly and smoothly as possible was really important so that there wasn't like an interruption in our business practices. Uh, we were somewhat well prepared already by having a strong website and having um, actually produced, you know, invested in in short docufilms of our artists and other ways that we could communicate the strength of our artists and their work to people through um, a digital platform. So we just really, you know, just worked very hard and stayed very and got very focused on that mode of communicating with folks and um, and that stream of our of our business practice. Um, so while it has been, um, you know, I won't say uncomfortable. But while I, I have missed that sort of personal exchange, the one on ones with people, and 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 although we're open now, we can see more people in our in our gallery space in person, but. Um, it was just realizing that we're going to still stay connected. You know, we'll do whatever it takes in order to do that. So, so it's, it's been busy. <laughs> so, you bring up something that um, is I can relate to, having also been in healthcare throughout all of this, working as a family doctor up in um, central Maine. We went from seeing patients in person to doing telephone visits only, and literally overnight you know, to keep our staff safe, to keep our uh, patients safe. And same thing for you. You decided, okay, we can't do these openings anymore and bring a lot of people into our space, but we need to yeah. somehow keep doing openings and keep featuring the work of these artists who are continuing to create and, and keep bringing people together in a way that makes sense for the times. 
And so you came up with virtual openings. What was that first yeah. virtual opening like for you? So that was April, and I remember it was. Uh, I remember Cooper Dragonette, and we were we were just all so almost giddy with anticipation, but we were also super nervous. Like, is this going to work? And I remember us all being in our remote sections and texting back and forth with Kevin and Cooper, and you know, and just sort of saying, "All right, here we go." And then afterwards, realizing that we reached an audience ten times what we'd normally reach after a regular virtual opening. Also, just really nice feedback started coming in from our artists who were so excited and from clients and from friends just saying, this is great that you're still gonna offer this opportunity to, to bring art into our homes and into our lives. And so um, from there, we uh, expanded and we added something called a Matterport. One of our um, uh, friends, Alexa Ostrucker had, had introduced us to this idea of using the Matterport, which is the real estate program where you can do a virtual walkthrough of homes while well, we uh, then brought it into the gallery so that so with each month and each step we started adding a few things and, and getting a little bit more refined but that very first one that we did it was um it was it was kind of fun because all of a sudden it or it was definitely fun because you know it worked and it was a way to try something new and um and so now we are continuing to use it as a platform and it works <laughs> The Matterport is very interesting because it enables you to kind of um, through the eye, it's like a virtual reality kind of experience um, through the eyes of the camera. You get to like kind of zoom in and look at a piece more closely or zoom out and see what it might look like on your wall. It's a it's a really fun use of the technology. Do you think you would have gotten into that technology if you hadn't uh, kind of needed to be resourceful in the way that you have? as a result of COVID? I'm not sure. I mean, it was definitely offered to us uh, prior to COVID as a possibility. Like we had a, a short, uh, a smaller one from an in-home in install on our website, but I don't know that we would have. And it's been fantastic. Now, granted, I am not the best person to judge that. I still have to use like the keys on the keyboard to move myself around that, <laughs> around the gallery. Um, but other people are much more proficient on it, but it's, um, it's definitely it's been it's been perfect and our artists love to use it because then they can walk through and see where their work is um is installed for that group show that month and i see many of them that do screenshots and actually when an, if a, if a client is interested in the piece and we add it on the wall we can go and do a screenshot and, and send that to them so they get a better understanding of the space and what it looks like um in different angles so it's been a fantastic tool for us I'm not sure if it would have, if we would have, but I hope to think we would have. <laughs> but, um, well, and that's kind of been the, the name of the game. Like maybe these are things we would have gotten to kind of eventually, but everything got was kind of um, speeding up as a result of COVID. I mean, we certainly found that in medicine. We were kind of working off of the idea that we were going to start going virtual, but it wasn't necessarily virtual like right away and and, and right. when we needed to do it we needed to do it so we did yeah it's a strange place where you're speeding up but you're also slowing down because you were speeding up to try to figure those things out but you're also can't like there's these other areas of your life that you just have to slow down because you know, for reasons of safety of course and um you know and being in your home or whatever it might be so it's been that an interesting place to be over the last year as you're trying to move forward and be really progressive and current and then also you know, abide by what's just just slow down and take you know an interest in what's going on around you. So. 
in the virtual openings, you give um, remarks every month and you work with artists who also give remarks on their works. So you really needed yeah. to develop essentially an, an on-air presence. And I'm wondering how comfortable that has felt for you. Oh, not so much. <laughs> you know, it's been a, it's been a journey um, for those that were part of a community. They'll remember that when I would have to do the introductory remarks at a live opening, it was really like, I'm just very uncomfortable for me. But with practice, that's what everybody always says, right? You keep practicing and things get stronger or things get more comfortable. Um, I told you at some point that, you know, my dad was a news broadcaster. Um, for years, and then I never had thought that I would be like in the, not that it's the same at all, but just being on that side of the camera, and I was like, oh my gosh, so I would channel him a little bit, say, all right, dad, you know, and I, and I do remember some of the things that he would say, but the, um, anyway, it, it's been, you got to push yourself no matter what, people are doing things a lot more difficult and complicated than, than what I'm doing, so um, I just, uh, getting there. <laughs> so. How do you think the artists have dealt with this whole experience? My, my feeling having spoken to artists in the past is that they tend to be a somewhat solitary group anyway, but at the right. same time, they also really enjoy the connections with people. So what is your mm -hmm. sense about what um, the artist experience has been during COVID? So I think that by and large, we hear from artists um, that they're more introverted, they're more introverts and that they spending that time in their studio and sort of having the permission to just, that's where they're gonna be and spending an enormous amount of time doing that um, has felt really good for them. But uh, at the same time, many of them have major life events or you know, they're, um, they, they've had to make certain adjustments because of, of the pandemic and whatnot so that on a personal level, I know that there's been some challenges for folks, but um, I think that the fact that we ask them to continue to create and to create, um, a, you know, a lot, <laughs> you know, to stay really active and engaged with their with their art making um, has been. I've heard from numerous artists saying like that's what they really needed to hear. You know that that, that really gave them a sense of purpose when all of a sudden you're not sure what's going to happen and there's this level of uncertainty. So um, I just am so impressed and have such a tremendous respect for artists in general and for our artists in particular who are so dear to us. You've had members of your artist family who really have dealt with significant mm -hmm. life transitions, as you referred to. You've had uh, ones who had family members who became ill, family members who passed away. I believe early on in the process, not related to COVID, there there was an artist who herself passed away. I mean, they, you know, you continue to bring art into the world, but the worlds of these artists have been significantly impacted in other ways. How do you mm -hmm. think that um, one is capable of remaining resilient and creative during life's big transitions? I think that what I have found, is, is when it becomes um, a means for expression. So where, whatever that, um, whatever it might be, the artist might be experiencing at that time, um, if they somehow channel that or um, integrate that into their work. So 
for example, um, Jane Damon is one of our artists. Uh, she, her husband died prior to COVID. She took a big long break um, from painting and creating. She just felt like she couldn't bring herself to, to doing it. And that was completely understandable. So um, she, but then when she came back in, it was right around the time of COVID to being painting and she created this, you know, really impactful body of work called Sequestered. And there were interiors and there were figurative pieces and, and, and she typically does these huge um, landscapes. And so it was a, it was a different um, composition, but it was this, this is what she was experiencing. This is what she was drawn to, you know, this is what she wanted to create. And it was so well received, especially her interior. She's a sort of David Hockney-esque um, interior painting. So uh, I think that, or someone like Matt Russ. So Matt Russ uh, signed on to do this project 2020 in 20 with Maine Island Trails Association. It was a collaborative project. And he was creating 20 paintings that were the size of 20 by 20 in 20 locations in the year 2020. Well, when this idea was initiated, he approached the gallery to, to partner. So it was a partnership with Maida and the gallery and him. And you know, it wasn't what he would expect to be. It would that we would be in a situation where it would be COVID, but he was still able to be outside. He was a plain art painter and paint in all of these different um, locations, create the body of work. And while we weren't able to have that big reception, we were still able to promote his work virtually and have you know smaller groups and visit and schedule visitations. It was still an extremely successful collaboration and you know profitable for for um, all partners involved. So. Um, I don't, I think, you know, Matt's probably perception of what was that experience was going to be like when he started, it had to adjust, but he did and uh, he created a, a gorgeous, gorgeous body of work. One of the things that the Portland Art Gallery is very good at is exploring art through different types of media. So you have video on your website. Um, we've talked about the virtual openings. The, you have very beautifully done emails that go out on a regular basis with the feature specific artists or new work by artists. Um, mm -hmm. Why is it important to offer different ways for people to experience art? because we're all different, right? I mean, the bottom line is we want to be able to reach as broad of an audience as possible. And the way in which we do that is to try to tap into whatever that person's communication style is and what works for them. I know that there are clients that it's much better if I send them a text with a photo and they might respond to me or an artist might send, you know, communicate in a certain way. And then there's others that just wait for the, um, the Sheep Jones e-blast to come out. And when it's out, they know they got to act fast because they're not going to be able to, they, if, they, if they want one of the pieces, because they go quickly. Um, it's just a matter of, of trying to, to reach as broad of an audience as possible um, in a way in which people can relate to. So not everything's, not one thing is going to work for, for everybody. I, the, the shorter films, the docu, films, for lack of a better name, for, of our artists that are a little bit longer uh, in length are just a really uh, nice intimate view. And then the, the e-blasts are more general. Um, we do have a new work e-blast that we email that we send out once. We may be doing it now twice a month. And people, the uh, open rates on those is, is really high because people are excited to see what is new. It does seem like you've consistently upped your game as time has gone on. I mean, it's 
incredible to me that I will continue to open these emails and the percentage of works that I really can relate to or would feel excited about owning, not that I'm going to own a high percentage of them <laughs> just because of, you know, wall space, but uh, it, it, they just, it gets higher and higher. I mean, I'll look at something and I'm scrolling down and I'll say, wow, that's gorgeous. Oh my goodness, that's beautiful. And, uh, you know, that's so striking. And, and, and you've continued to um, not only elicit higher and higher um, quality work from your artists and, and, you know, arguably they were already creating really high quality work, but also bring in new artists. You've brought mm -hmm. in several new artists over the last year. And um, that's, that's kind of, it's fun in a, in a way because the artist community has always been really important to the Portland Art Gallery. And you've brought these new artists in during a time where your um, definition of community has by necessity changed. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's true. And it's interesting. So we um, try our, we, we will often send out emails to our artist group. And if there's a new artist like um, uh, with updates, then, you know, all of a sudden they're included and welcomed in, but it's, uh, we, we wish, you know, we are now working with artists that um, we have like an affiliated artist program uh, that we have are able to work with artists that are not just in the main area, which has been really nice um, to be able to open that up a little bit. Um, with our online um, marketplace and, and virtual, we're, we feel like we're in the position where we can actually expand our, our artist um, roster as opposed to shrink it. So we're just always looking um, to we're just always having our eyes open and people reach out all the time and sometimes it's a good fit and sometimes it's not but um but it's always nice, nice to have the conversations you know keep the door open you mentioned sheep jones and i know that her work is incredibly popular um it's uh it's compelling it's whimsical it's colorful and uh you must like sheep's work personally because you have a piece behind you on the wall <laughs> Actually, yes, I do. Um, it's called Root Cellar 4. Do you want me to tell you the story? I would love to hear the story, Emma. <laughs> okay. So this this uh, painting arrived in the in the gallery, and when I was looking at the sheet, it said um, Sister's House. And I looked at this painting, and there are four trees, and I am the youngest of four girls. Um, my sisters are all huge, you know, very close we're a very close group and there's these three barrels in the root cellar and i have three children and i immediately was like i i just felt an immediate connection to the composition and i you know i was trying to figure out which sister was which tree and i was like i have to i have to move forward with this <laughs> this is too important um and so then i found out that it actually wasn't called sister's house at all it was called root cellar four but it's okay that's what I'll call it. <laughs> she won't mind, I don't think. So um, yeah, so now it's part of our family, which I'm very happy about. This idea of the story is one that's really pretty crucial to the work that the Portland Art Gallery is doing. I know that you know some people will buy art as a, an investment, and some people buy art as a decoration. But some people really buy art because there's something about the art itself. And I would argue a pretty high percentage of your um, clients by art because they connect to the story. There's something that they feel that's similar to what you're describing. Um, and you've had this happening now um, really 
with clients across the country, across the world? Do you have people on a regular basis um, getting in touch with you from California, Hong Kong, Great Britain? Um, the, tell me about the importance of story and connection when it comes to art. So I think we hear a, a lot about people who have that connection with a place, like that sense of place. And Maine is Maine is beautiful. I mean, we have such a, we're so fortunate here. Um, and so, but it, we, it also sort of represents a little bit of a lifestyle, I think, and something that people, whether or not they are actually have had the experience of being able to live here or visit here, they might um, dream of being here or living here. I think that uh, just the idea of beauty and peace and hopefulness is something that people continue to want to um, feel and add to their story. And so that's what um, people are searching for when they're looking for the work. And I'd say most of the people are not looking at purchasing art from an investment standpoint, but it's more as like a mental health investment standpoint. You know, it's a matter of something that is, uh, is meaningful to, to them on a personal, for, for personal reason. I know that there was a woman from California. She had been following Jean Jack as an artist when Jean was out in Santa Fe years ago. She was 78 years old and she saw one and she just finally just, she's like, I need to have one in my life. This is, she has been a part of my life for so many years without having actual piece of artwork by her. And she'd been thinking about it, thinking about it. And she went ahead and, and decided to make a purchase, shipped it out to her. And she was, it was a very emotional moment for her. Uh, be at that point in her life where she was able to purchase a piece by Jean Jack, someone that she had been following for many, many years. So, as I was um, referring to earlier in in my other my other profession as a as a doctor, we have been engaging with our patients on a virtual platform now for several months. And one of the things I really enjoy about that is the ability to kind of have a peek into their lives, into what's important to them. A uh, patient yesterday, he had his dogs, Lola and Ginger. And I don't think I'm giving away any sort of HIPAA <laughs> uh, information by telling you the names of the dogs, but he also had his uh, rock posters on the wall behind him, like, and I mean rock music. And it really just yeah. caused me to be able to um, understand him better, you know, understand what's important to him. I know that teachers have felt the same way and you've had, obviously you keep up Zoom communications with your um, clients and with your artists. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me about the importance of that um, kind of spatial connection when we use art uh, in our homes or in our offices, if that's where we're Zooming from. Yeah, I mean, I feel as though I've been invited into more people's homes since COVID happened. Um, than before, which is ironic, right? Because we're all quarantining or not really supposed to be in each other's homes. But it, I've been there through whether or not it's, it's um, most many times it's virtual, you know, it's FaceTiming a, a, a piece or it's Photoshopping or it's doing something to try to um, get for them to get a sense of what the piece would look like in their home or how that experience would be for them prior to it actually showing up. I also, though, do, uh, and our team does a number, you know, we do in-home installations or we bring home, we bring work to a curbside delivery, you know, was initially now, um, you know, we're able to go into people's homes um, on a much more, you know, finite basis, but it's, uh, it's, it, 
we're here. I hear more and more about what that, what that, how that piece is going to become a part of a person's home or an office than I did before. And I don't know, I don't know exactly why that that happens, but it's certainly an upside too, because it just creates more of a connection and more of a an understanding of of why, or more of an understanding of the story of why the client might want that to be a that piece of art to be part of their life. So, um, and you get to, you know, you mentioned the story, like the, the posters or the dogs, you know, and you get to see photographs of family members or, you know, and I've noticed actually that a number of people's um, children are like weighing in on their opinions about pieces and things like that. So it's, it's just been, it's been a really nice um, opportunity. It's been really great, actually. You've also been a part of um, celebrations. You've um, been able to work with Stephanie Brown and bring art into celebrations that she has done um, in collaboration with area businesses. So yeah. it, it it's kind of been a, a creative way to um, bring all things, all good things together at a time where it would it would be easier to just kind of put our you know, hide our heads in the sand and say, okay, I'm just going to wait till this is all over. But instead, you've been able to partner with um, like minded individuals who have decided, you know what, things may look different for quite some time, and maybe forever. So right. how do you find the people that have decided to approach this from a position of resilience? Hmm, that's a tricky, but I mean, Maybe you just find the people because you have that same type of energy for with each other. I mean, I feel as though like our artists are those people and some of the partners like Stephanie um, with North 43, you know, she was such a good partner before this all happened as well. And so you kind of look to people that you have, that you trust and that you trust are going to um, want, you know, that you're taking that you're going to take seriously what it is that they're proposing and that you're going to invest your time and your energy into having it be the best the most successful as possible um and stephanie's just a wonderful partner for for that very reason because she when we had our in-person um gatherings our big evergreen party you know she did always was um, did such a professional and warm, wonderful job for us and so when she approached us with her creative ideas with COVID, i mean i think um, it, it was a no-brainer to just say, absolutely, let's see if we can make this happen. And uh, some things are more popular or successful than others, but I thought we did a great job of working with um, her clients to celebrate the holidays and honor their, recognize um, their, their business. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, whether or not it be visual art or written word or music or whatever it might be, you know, it's too important in a time like the pandemic, you know, those are the things that you, those are the things that remain essentially to some degree. And so, and they help us understand all these different conditions of what we're experiencing. And so, and they help us all hopefully find some sort of peace um, with whatever it might be. So I just think that the arts, it's been, it's been really um, good to see how the creative industry has been supported and, um, valued during during this pandemic. I also think that um, it has been important for all of us to uh, kind of meet people where they're coming from. 
aspects. You know, I mentioned how do you, you know, connecting with people who are resilient, but, you know, still being open to other people's experiences of not feeling that resilient. And, you know, this has been obviously incredibly difficult for so many people, whether they've experienced illness themselves or the death of a loved one, or even just the isolation. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, in our medical practice, I mean, reaching out to older people, um, I think there's a, there's an older woman who celebrated her 93rd birthday that I just talked to the other day. And I'm not sure I've ever met her in person, but you know, every few months I get on the phone with her, have a conversation yeah. with her about her life and how she's, um, how things are going for her. And I think even those small outreaches are, they're probably more meaningful for me, honestly, than they are for her because she seems like, you know, she's, she's lived a good full I don't, life. I don't, I don't, but yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I have such respect for you and all the people that are in the medical profession helping people through a lot, you know, so much anxiety and so much that is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's been, it's been amazing to, to observe that, yeah. But we, and we, on a like separate but related point is that we have noticed that people want to stay on the phone longer um, when we're talking with them about art or maybe it's, you know, oh yes, let's FaceTime or yeah, why don't you come over or, or you know, that people are looking for a connection and just as we all are, you know, um, the artists are and they want to hear the story about where their work ended up or sure, I can come down to the gallery, I can be there in 20 minutes if you want me to be there to meet somebody. Like people are are still are, are wanting to stay connected and they're going to do it. Um, they're doing it. In, we're all doing it in, in the ways that we can. So it's been nice to have those moments. And I, I'm, I'm sure that your patient is very appreciative and looks forward to those, those conversations with you as, as much as you do with her. But it's, uh, you know, it's uh, that isolation, I think, is something that we all have to really pay attention to and remind ourselves that maybe somebody may be seeming a little bit needy, quote unquote, at this point in time, but perhaps it's because they're really, really lonely. So. Well, you also mentioned something that I think, um comes up a lot for me in the work that I do. And, the, and that is the importance of having a sense of purpose. And maybe mm -hmm. your purpose is not to create watercolors, which is a great purpose. Um, but maybe your purpose revolves around, you know, something else, maybe it's caring for a child caring for an elderly parent. Um, but I, I do think people have had to reconfigure their priorities and try to figure out, you know, where maybe they worked outside the home and they had a, you know, a big job that required a lot of travel, maybe that doesn't happen anymore. So it even really impacts our, our identities um, and trying to understand what that looks like. So mm -hmm. I, I think this is a time of great transition and shifting really for all of us, not only as individuals, but also as a culture. Um, yeah. Given all well, of that, what, what do you look forward to? Let's, let's assume that we're at some point, we're going to get on the other side of this or. <laughs> you know, I, um, in terms of from, for the gallery, like I am looking forward to to radio main to whatever the next thing, the next thing is that we're going to do, because I feel as though that's like, there's no opportunity. We're not going to stand still and like that's that's exciting to me like always having something to look forward to it's not going to always be met successfully but we're you know just to continue to, to try different ways of connecting with people and telling stories and sharing it and sharing the art um uh with people um 
you know, personally, I'm moving next week. So that's something I'm looking forward to. And, and that's a big change, but not such a big change. But it's, but it's something to look forward to. And, you know, I just think that uh, I, I look forward to maintaining that sort of quiet to stay connected with people. Um, when everything opens up, I think that'll be, that'll be set to a little bit of a challenge. And, um, but I hope that, I hope that that doesn't happen. <laughs> so, I don't know, I do look forward to having more people in the gallery space and having more people visit us in Maine, for sure. But at the same time, you know, we'll, we'll continue to stay connected with people virtually. Emma, congratulations for making it through this last year. And I wish you all the best on your upcoming um, major life transition. I've uh, enjoyed very much working with you throughout these years and being your friend throughout these years. And I give you a lot of credit for um, staying, staying hopeful, staying strong, bringing art into the world, connecting with everybody on your staff and your artists. And um, I appreciate your being with me on the first episode of Radio Maine. Yeah, thank you for the invitation and for all of your support, Lisa. I mean, tremendous, tremendous person that you are. So it's wonderful knowing that you're that you're there <laughs> with, the, with the team of us all day. So, thank well, thank you, Emma. And I look forward to speaking with um, artists and other interesting people in the upcoming months as a part of Radio Maine. It has really been a joy to start this process and start it with my good friend, Emma Wilson, who you may find as the director of the Portland Art Gallery in Portland, Maine on Middle Street. So please take the time to connect with Emma and her wonderful group, either in person or virtually. Um, as Emma has said, they are always available and um, definitely worth Absolutely. getting to know. Well, thanks again.